welcome to episode 86 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. Uh, we've got another week of a full roster this week. They're all still looking at me to see if I cock up the intro again. <laughs> going to go for two weeks other than on the trot. Um, <laughs> nearly did there, nearly did there. <laughs> First thing you can probably hear there is Dave, so we'll start straight off. What are you doing, mate? I'm not too bad, thank you. How are you? I'm alright, mate. I'm alright. It's... Uh, we, we've got our first game in a while uh, in, the, in the New Year's on, uh, on Saturday. I was going to say tomorrow then, but we're not quite into Friday yet. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to getting back on the rink. And, uh, yeah, it should be That'll be fun. Something like that. As long as it's not as uh, as bad as the, the week before's Veterans Tournament, that'll be, it'll be all right. We'll be fine. Was that a fun one? It was actually a good, it was a good laugh. Um, I, you, you know, you think it may be a lower pace. <laughs> not a chance. Um... We had a load of the, the GB internationals and the, the Czechs and Slovakia so qualified, and it was, uh, yeah, it was like, it was a lot of fun. Like I said, we met up with people I hadn't seen for a fair few months with COVID and everything, and no, nah, we're good. Good. It was good to actually have one particular guy, oh, I'd say his name, but no one would know, apart from your guys, on my side and doing damage to the other net, where normally when we've played London, he does damage to our net. So it was nice to actually have that, someone else have that experience and not me. <laughs> nice to be on the other side of the slap shot ports. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> also tonight we are obviously joined by the toothless wonder, the man that is coming to Sheffield for the first time in what feels like a year. Uh Mr. Gareth Dutton. Greff, how are we doing, mate? I'm doing very well, thank you, Joe. How about yourself? I get to see you tomorrow, mate, so I am I'm very happy. Likewise. <laughs> Can't wait. This I'm time tomorrow I'll be getting sick bucket. Jeez. Because <laughs> <laughs> this time tomorrow I'll be getting my backside kicked on an HL. Yeah, that is very true. Yeah, I can't, I can't confirm that. I can't confirm that. Um, I do have to say that I have a complaint for you. Is when you messaged me the, the weekend after payday saying, "Can we go to puck stop?" <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. that was not, dangerous. Not a fan of that one. Oh well. <laughs> and last but not least tonight we are joined by Mr Andy Stafford Andy how are we doing mate? I'm getting there thanks bud uh, just hoping that my knee holds up for Saturday really but uh, fingers crossed I'll continue the trend how are you? I'm alright mate yeah I'm, I'm hoping that my ankle holds up for the weekend <laughs> I obviously thought you were going to say you hope your knee holds up for the podcast though. I was going to say you sat down mate I, I'm oh, that as well <laughs> <laughs> What were you sounding like an old man for, Andy? He was going to crash into you on, on Monday night. I'm starting to feel it more now. Well, there is a, there is a lesson to learn from that. <laughs> Sounds like a you problem, that, mate. If you don't <laughs> crash into your goalie. Well, I can just um, see the, sim- the sympathy coming through. It's really nice. Thank you. You are not John Armstrong. Don't go into goalies. Height, bills. Never Amongst stopped. many reasons that the boxers don't get take free under comparison. <laughs> Brilliant. Are you, are you okay, mate? How, is your knee okay? On a, on a serious point, we'll show you some sympathy. Is your knee okay? Uh, very bruised and hurts every time I move it. Fair enough. What, what you've just described is pretty much every injury. Bruised yeah. and hurts when you move it. <laughs> yeah. No, like really hurts, like clicks. Oh, nice. Mm. A lot of fluid around the knee then. Yeah. Oh, lovely. It's great. Oh, we're going to be the depleted side on Saturday, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> no, aren't we every week. 
We're either going to rock up on crutches with about three of us and we'll just turn around to the Hawks and be like, you're very welcome. <laughs> Wrong podcast. Thank you, I was waiting. <laughs> um, so we on to the hockey boys, or at least the uh, the ice hockey, the, the reason that we're all here. I'll, uh, I'll run through the scores quickly uh, that we've just gone, uh, well, that we've just had. So Saturday the 22nd of Jan, we had Glasgow beating the Storm 4-3, Dundee beating the Blaze 3-0. Uh, the Devils beating the Giants 4-1. Uh, Steelers to the 4-2 win against the Panthers. And Fife lost out 4-1 at home to the Flames. Uh, Sunday, the Panthers lost 2-1 to the Clan in Nottingham as well. Uh, the Dundee Stars took a 3-2 win against uh, the Steelers. Uh, Coventry took a 6-2 win against the Flyers. And the Giants beat the Flames in Guildford 4-1. Uh, and the last fixture over the last week was last night in Sheffield. And the Steelers took a 3-2 overtime win against the Glasgow clan. Uh, I'll throw it straight over to you guys. Uh, highlights from the last week. Uh, I'll, I'll go for last night's game. 3-2-1 for Steelers. I'll take that from Joe for the last two weeks. And it's not a game that we thought would be that close. But then, when do our predictions ever come correctly? It's goals came from Rodney Southern, Eden Mosey, Marco Valorand. Uh, player. Gwilym Gauthier scored a goal as well assisted by Colton Yellowhorn that's who I clicked onto and in overtime Justin Hodgman got the game winner assisted by Latal. just watching the highlights then it looked a pretty decent game some goals where the goalies will definitely be running back on both sides Nice. I'd say that's a, a nice points on the boards for you guys. Points for Glasgow as well, but for you guys it's more points towards maybe winning the league. You maybe. Say it. You had to say it. None of us were. <sighs> Not even bothered. Okay, so. Well, we could tell that. We'd like to announce that this is Greth's last podcast with us. Um. <laughs> applications will be open in the morning <laughs> I'll go up off the border I've got Dundee Coventry 3-0 win for the Stars um, Benkson, Lawrence and Ranger with the goals uh, for Dundee and a 31 shot shutout for Adam Morrison uh, giving Dundee a surprising two points so I think we all I think we all kind of as a Four, did say Coventry would get the win so once again the predictions are wrong uh, but no crucial points for Dundee in um, uh, well Greff you're not on the podcast so you know it doesn't matter you know uh, we've already that's <laughs> it you're done <laughs> uh, but no <laughs> crucial points for the Stars on their um, hunt for playoff places um, and even if they carry on this run you know could they challenge that top four for home advantage so for Saturday, well done, Dundee. Surprise! I'm going to go with another another Scottish team. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Nottingham-Glasgow match from last Sunday. Uh, it was 
first goal going to the clan, and it was um, new signing Mitch Jones. Um, surprise again. Uh, assisted Colton Yellowhorn uh, on the power play, and also a second goal for Glasgow, making it 2 0 in the second period. Nolan Laporte again assisted Colton Yellowhorn, so uh, he's had a pretty good first season in Glasgow, uh, and so we showed a name like that. It's good to see. And then in the third period, we had a answer for that goal from Christophe Boivin for Nottingham and made it 2-1 uh, to Glasgow. But it wasn't enough, uh, and it finished 2-1 Glasgow as well. Uh, pretty good game, to be honest with you. Uh, we always like those those close, close-scoring close games, one where you don't really have much much goals, but the defence is pretty outstanding. So uh, credit to both teams for that. It, it, it's good to see those kind of games and uh, well done Glasgow as well uh, pretty tough place to play in Nottingham so a great event for, for picking up both points that may be the most animated highlight we've ever had and literally just <laughs> when you said surprise um, very welcome wrong podcast um, so we've waited so long for Glasgow to start playing at the start of the season Glasgow then postponed some uh, some games so obviously this week we're going to talk about three Glasgow games just in case. Um, so yeah, my highlight is Glasgow v Manchester on the Saturday. So we're working in reverse order uh, as the weekend's gone by with Glasgow. Um, but yeah, Andy, you said we like those close scoring games. And in fairness, with the way this one started, it looked like it was going to be very, very different. Um, Glasgow scored two minutes 29 into the game, 1-0. Uh, going into the end of the first period, it was still 1-0. Um, 24 minutes and five seconds into the game, it was 2-0 for the Glasgow clan, scored by Colin Campbell. First goal scored by Liam Stenton. Uh, and next minute, it's, well, 32 minutes, 39 in the game. Nolan Laporte, assisted by, surprise, Colton Yellowhorn. Um, and Glasgow clan up 3-0, going into the second intermission. Um so, yeah, oh no, sorry, no, they're not. So there was a last goal, 35 minutes and six, I completely overlooked that. Goal for Manchester Storm. So it was 3 1 going into the second period break. Uh, Taylor Tom- Thompson getting that goal. Uh, and then Glasgow looked like they were going to start again. Matthew Wild getting a goal at 41 44 to put them up 4 1. And then the Storm just decided that they weren't quite done yet. So 45 49, they scored through Joe Hazeldine to go 4 2. 49-59, um, they scored through Austin Albrecht uh, 4-3, uh, and that's how the game ended. It was a 4-3 win for the Glasgow clan. So unfortunate for the for the Storm not to get back into that game fully. Uh, it sounds like a good push in the third period, but maybe a little too little too late. Uh, the other thing to point out from this game, in fairness, uh, I'm no surprise to say that I can see a 10-minute penalty on there. And of course, who gets the 10-minute penalty? Uh, plus a five-minute fighting penalty is obviously the guy who shouldn't be in the league because he's obviously a dirty goon and we all hate him. Obviously joking. Uh, Lyndon Springer uh, gets two plus ten uh, for into the game. No, so two... Oh, I've got to the next penalty. Oh, this is just going worse and worse and worse. Um, yeah, yeah, no, two plus ten for the instigator, five minutes for fighting. Jesus. Um, so, yeah... Um, Sounds like a good game. As I say, a little bit too little too late for Manchester. It sounds like they saved most of the push for the third period. Um, but yeah, good, uh, a good game by the sounds of it. And uh, Glasgow getting a third goal. Uh, well, their third goal was reviewed. It was initially given as no goal. Um, reviewed and then overturned and given as a goal, which on video evidence or the replays that I've seen looks to be a good call. So nice to be seen there. Nice to be seeing the goal line technology being used uh, efficiently and not, not causing disturbances. to start. 
Um, anybody got anything else to add on uh, on the games over the last week, or are we good to move on? Seeing shaking heads, so we'll move straight on. Uh, the next thing we've got, gents, is the airport section. We'll keep this nice and brief this week. Uh, I don't know if anybody's got his elite prospect page up. I'm saying not to give you a bit of time if you haven't. Uh, there's only one arrival this week, no departures, and that is Mitch Cook has signed for the Coventry Blaze. Throw that straight over to whoever wants to talk about him. It sounds like none of us do. I was <laughs> Nobody had his elite prospects. <laughs> so, uh, from memory, um, he uh, he looks like uh, his first proper pro year um, out of college uh, and whatnot. But he's kind of been doing well in the the Benaliga. Uh, Forty two points in nineteen games, twenty one points each. Sorry, twenty one goals, twenty one assists, um, and you know it's. He looks like, as, as that sounds, it's a player that you think is taking a punt. But looks like he's probably going to do all right. He's, he's, he's going to give them a bit more, just a bit more of an edge that I think on on the um, offensive front. Um, that's Coventry looking to need. Um, but like I say, you look at he's 27, um, four seasons in the uh, youth sports for University of Calgary. Um, and then his first time out of North America at the Liège Bulldogs. Um, and it's there. Uh, um, only six penalty minutes, so... Uh, plays a very um, disciplined game by the looks of it, or for the Benaliga standards. Um, should, should, should actually, I think, looking, looking at it around, I think he'll be a good signing. It'll be a good, be a good pick-up for, uh, for Coventry. And we said it for Sheffield, for, for their pickups. And when I say the form, it's not disrespectful to Coventry, but with the players that are available for Coventry to get this player who looks like he actually can do something on the board, I think it's a very good pickup this time of year for Coventry. Yeah, I think that's a great pickup for Bill this time of year. Probably taking, sorry, point scores. Hang on, you know what? I'll take a point on you. Pick some up. Who knows, it could be the difference maker in where they finish in the league. They make... Danny Stewart's done it before where he's took a punt on a player and he's actually done really well with Tristan Keck in the Elite Series last year. That was... He's gone on to play in the DEL2 now, 33 points in 32 games, which is definitely not bad. So I'm guessing he hopes... Mitch can do the exact same. I mean, yeah, he's played in the youth sports for five years. Got in the playoffs four out of the five. Who knows what he can do. Hope We should hopefully see what he's like this weekend, though, I'm assuming. When commentary takes to the ice on it's Friday against Guildford. Yeah, in commentary. Yep. So a home debut if he's over in time. Be a good one to watch. Yeah, once again, another Yo Sports um, player who has been in, in, in the uh, Yo Sports League for quite a while. And again, very good points output. Uh, considering that he didn't play in the 2020-21 season, um, 
No, he's, he's come out with a bang, signing with the the, the Belgian league um, Liège. I mean, 42 and 19, that, that's great. That is really good. Uh, it doesn't matter what sort of league you're in. To get that sort of points output is 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 very good. So uh, I'm expecting pretty good things from Cook. Coventry missing quite a lot uh, of, of scoring depth on their roster, so I think this addition is certainly going to help them. Uh, he's also a young player, so he's got plenty of plenty of uh, not other words, but life life in him. Plenty of uh, I imagine speed, skill. It, it's, it's a great overall signing, and uh, like Grace said, no, they are missing someone, someone like Tristan Cake, but this could be someone of a, of a, of a very similar skill set and variety. So, uh, be interesting to see how it plays. But it's, it's a very decent sign considering this this time of year. Uh, so that's good. That's a good um, pick up from Stuart. Yeah, cracking signing. All that time in the U Sports League and uh, and leagues previous to that, it's it's great to see him play. Um, you know, all those years before in Canada, he then obviously has 2020, 2021 where he doesn't play. So to go through his first year uh, out uh, outside of Canada after a year of not playing to put 42 points in 19 games on the board is there. It's, it's not a bad going. So you would think he's got a lot of confidence from that, regardless of what league that's been in. Um, so. You know, he brings the confidence from that. He goes into Coventry. He's a 27-year-old kid. He's got a lot to prove. He wants to build his career. We've spoken already about this, about the younger players coming in and wanting to use our, our leagues, the Stepping Stone League. It's great to see the image of our league changing from what it previously was, which is, oh, you know, the good the good previously playing NHL and AHL players coming to retire and get, a, get an easy wage. It's no longer that, and you're seeing these 27-year-olds coming out of these kind of leagues and looking to make a name for themselves. And... Um, one thing I'll say about this signing for a start is after the way that Coventry had their social media running in signing announcements in the off-season with the group chat texts regarding the um, the World Cup or the way that they did the, uh, they overdubbed the, well, they put the subtitles on the Shrek uh, thing where they put it in Spanish and, and used that to, to announce CJ Mott. The line of Blaze Cook Up addition to roster is just oh, so cringy. Um, <laughs> I was hoping for more from the uh, from the social media side of things after what they did in the off season, but we'll we'll give them some we'll give them some grace there. Um, interestingly, looking at the look at the article that they put on their website, Cook signed an ECHL contract with Kalamazoo Wings after graduating, but they were unable to participate in the 2021 season due to the obviously COVID-19 pandemic. And that's what resulted in a year So we had got a, a contract in the ECHL at that point. Um, and they have confirmed as well that he will be in on Friday. So his debut will definitely be Friday at the Sky Dome against Guildford. Um, Danny Stewart said he's a guy that they got, feel got lost in the shuffle a bit during COVID. Uh, had a really good youth sports career in a tough conference and got better each year that he was there. Uh, he's got great size, shoots the put well, and has good speed. He's a right-handed shot that can come in and complement our offence. He's also a guy that we can use in all situations and plays a heavy game. He has a great work ethic and hockey IQ to go with it. I feel he will not only add depth to our group, but will be a key guy down in the stretch. So, sounds like a good guy to bring in. As I say, hopefully he's got some good confidence from that, that time in the Romanian league. And, um, yeah, I think he could be... Well, you're looking confused. Romanian league? Have I got that wrong? You're a few hundred miles away, yeah. Where was it? I can't... I, oh, yeah. No, it's all right. Scratch that. Tell him. There was, yeah, uh, yeah, it's all right. I, I only glanced at it. 
It's building well for you, is it, Joe? It's not going well for me at all, mate. Yeah, uh, well, you know, hopefully he's got, got some good time and, you know, some good confidence from that. Um, you know, could be a good guy. I don't think Coventry have been doing too badly, but they've been getting some mixed results. Um, so hopefully he's a guy to come and kind of stabilise the team a little bit. Um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Anything else to add on uh, on Cook? No? Okay, no problems. So... I've crossed out the next thing that I'm going to go with. Um, <laughs> next thing that I've got is the five flyers. We often talk about social media uh, and that side of things. Um, so, you know, we slate the use of social media. We slate the way that people go off on social media. I think the, what's happened over the last week or so uh, with regards to the five flyers is just next level ridiculous on social media. I don't think any, any of us are going to disagree with that. Uh, the Flyers have put out a statement in relation to it basically said um, that they'll, they pride themselves on being at the heart of the Flyers community and celebrate inclusivity and respect. When comments are made that are completely unacceptable, the club will have an absolute zero tolerance approach. So it's a shame to see the club have to put something like that out. We do know what the, what the comment was. I think we've all seen a screenshot of that comment now. I will say that we're not going to comment on that. We're not going to talk about what the comment was directly. Appreciate that if you haven't read it, you might be you might be read, sitting there wondering what the comment was. It's not something that we want to talk about directly or that we want to repeat. So if you want to see it, I'm sure it's out there. We've seen it on a couple of the um, the fan pages on Facebook that people are taking screenshots of. So it is out there. Um, thoughts, gents? I, I can imagine what they're going to be, but thoughts. Well, one shock for me <coughs> is that you had every single fan of every single team in agreement that this will phrase it as material was no, it was nothing short of scum as a, as a move and, and what's been done um, I'm going to have to be careful without giving the game away because we said rightfully we will not go on the, the topic and what was actually said because it's, it's just scum level but given the stature the team has within that community to to think that someone's gone down that path beggars belief on a number of levels why you do that and what makes you think that's going to make a difference you know unless you are going next level edgy which if I'm honest with you that you know what just stop going to rinks go do a different hobby as much as you know we're not snowflakes or anything what this is is beyond the pale it's not wanted bluntly even if you thought I'm being funny I'm doing it on, on, on a keyboard nah don't want to see it at the rink and it was good to see that all fans were like nah this is wrong this is out of line no place for it Yeah, I mean, you're spot on there. It's like, there's, to coin a phrase, there's a line, and that person went way beyond that line. It was like, you don't do that stuff. But, at least, obviously, for probably, what, the first time in a very long time where each fan was actually saying, you're an idiot. This is wrong. It's like, well, I mean, it took something like this to bring the hockey family together. 
but it's yeah, you you just don't go that way. There's there's a lot more words to say, but it's like you can't really we can't really say it on here. I've I've not seen the original sort of comment, but I have seen like the aftermath of uh, what it was uh, sort of about, and just just shock just comes right through me. I mean, what goes through your head to even say or think comments like that? It's um, there's, there's no words for it, is there? I mean, you can't think of anything really like that's not been said because other than probably lots a lot, a lot of swearing, which obviously we're not going to do on here. So there's a lot that hasn't been said that we yeah. don't normally say, which is appropriate. Yeah. Describe these people. Absolutely. It, it, it's just disgusting. And you, you, you think that person would, you know, actually think better and have a better mindset than actually having that on, on their mind. I mean, to, to even think that is something else. But to actually put it on on a, an open social media that's open to everybody is it, it, it's a it's a bit of a willy move, really. Uh, Putting it politely, um, yeah, just stupid, absolutely stupid. That's all I can really say on it. I, th- I think this has probably pushed the four of us to the closest that we are to wanting to make this not a family friendly podcast for the first episode. I don't know. I, I just just be warranted, mate. Yeah, oh, 100%. Absolutely not in debate, mate. Absolutely not. It's it's absolutely disgusting in what we've said. Um, it's difficult because obviously we're trying to skirt around it. I know, Dave, you said that it's difficult to say without giving more details away. I mean, I'm reading through the club statement just to see if there's anything that we can take from that to give more detail. They basically said the Unison Five Health Branch... Fireflyers would like to take the opportunity to reinforce any offensive behaviour on social media or personal attacks directed towards our players and staff will not be tolerated. So from the sounds of that statement, I think we can at least say that it was directed at a member of the Flyers organisation. Um, and I think the bit, the, the bit the most, without giving anything away, is... The, <laughs> To attack to attack anybody within your organisation is bad enough, you know. And I know that five haven't been having the best season; they've not necessarily had the best few seasons. Um, but you don't go against someone in the in the organisation, someone that's that's doing their best behind the scenes to keep your hockey team playing on the rink every 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 week. Then to add in the fact that it's it's directed at a person within the organisation that has been a good servant to the organisation is just. And I think that's, I, I'm presuming that was, that was the lines that you were going down, Dave, but I think it's, it's relatively evident from reading the statement that it is a serious issue and it's directed at someone on the staff. To, to direct it to someone that's been such a good servant to the club is disgusting. And, I, you know, I think that's the, that's the problem with this. It's just, in addition to just what the comment was, the rest of it on top of that is just, it's just horrible. Um, there aren't any words. I, I don't think any of us would disagree. If, if the Flyers can do whatever they can to keep the guy from ever going back to the Fife rink ever again. I, I have heard that Fife no. are asking um, the relevant questions if they can do, um, it just to make sure they can cover the backs, which is un- understandable because I think if they're going to do that, and I think we, I speak for all of us that we've, we've got their backs in saying, yeah, this is the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, if they're, I think if they're going to do it, do it right, just to make sure. Um, given the circumstances, it's uh, um, 
Yeah, I think they are looking down that line. I've heard uh, from a few people that they, they are asking them questions if they can ensure that that happens. Um, I don't think said person will be welcome no. in the rink. Now, near future, and if, if I'm honest with you, of all teams that remember stuff, Fife. Really? No brain cells was used, clearly. Never mind what was said, but to actually do it to a, to a person of a member of a team that they hold grudges. This is not a grudge. This is rightfully, this is a scum move and we're going to treat you such. But they remember stuff. They're not going to forget. And, uh, yeah, hopefully they can ensure that he doesn't grace any rinks in the near or long-term future. Yeah. 100%. I think unless anybody's got anything else to say on this, I think, and Dave, you've already said this, but I think the way to perfectly cap this off, as obviously, as I said, we're not going into specifics on what was said. If you don't know what was said and you can't find it, just take our word on the fact that every single Elite League fan that has commented on that statement has agreed wholeheartedly and 100% with that statement. I can't think of any other instance in the Elite League where every single fan, there hasn't been a single comment of disagreement. No. That shows you the severity of what's been said. And when Fife have put it out and they've said, look, we're not going to share the material because of what the material was when people have gone what was said what was done I mean I've looked on a couple of forums that I'm members of and even they've said if anybody puts it on we're not going to you know ban that user we're just going to delete it it yeah. just doesn't have the place um, but yeah not a single person not one person and I, I don't think I don't even think Dave Sims has had that much buying from everybody yeah which just shows the level of of what this is yeah, no, 100%, 100%. Um, and that is exactly the reason that we're not going any further into it. It's not it's not for anybody to air. Uh, it's quite frankly, it's best left forgotten. Um, or at least the comment is best left forgotten. The um, the act itself is, uh, as you say, Dave, it's one that's going to be remembered and hopefully it has the effect on the person that said it um, that they are not able to attend any UK hockey rinks in the, as you say, <laughs> the near or long-term future. Um, we've got anything else to add on this, gent, so we'll, we'll move on. It's not, not necessarily something that we like talking about, but again, we do try and cover everything. It wouldn't have been right for us to at least not comment on that. Um, the next thing I've got on a lighter note, then, is the GV lineup. I'll throw it straight over to you guys. So, we mentioned it very briefly last week. Um, I posted it in the uh, the the Facebook discussion group and we'll, we'll keep that running for a bit so even though once episode 86 airs and we put our teams out we'll still want people to to give their thoughts on the first so when the World Champs comes along we have one pick of the squad and then we cut down so the challenge and the task I gave was the first pick of, of the team now at the World Championships the top level um, I, I think it's 25 players that go across and I'm looking at Gref Thank you for nodding. That's so that they, 25 players will go. That does include some help, uh, some scratches on the day. But it does allow you to have that flexibility. One A downwards, you don't have that. Uh, they don't allow you that flexibility. Um, so I said to Joe Griffinandi, let's pick, let's put 32. Um, I don't know how you want to work this, guys. Only if you want to kind of we'll go through the goalies and then we'll pick the ones, and then we'll do the same for defenders and forwards. Or just want to go. These are our four, and not have like a combined what we go with. 
I, I think do that. I think work through each position, and then we can we can work out a four and do that. And we've got some time. We've not got we've not got a huge amount on the on the um, on the agenda. Let's capitalise on that and have a have a proper conversation about. It. We talk about how much we like to discuss Brits, and particularly the young Brits coming through. Let's have let's have a proper conversation about this one. Why the hell not? Um, one thing just before we get further into it. Uh, <laughs> No idea what that noise is. <laughs> that might hurt anybody's ears. Neither did mine. Um, yeah, I can't remember what I was saying. Oh no, that was it. Um, we did ask about questions for the podcast. Um, one post that we've had in the in the in the, uh, in the group this week was from Craig, uh, and he asked if we'd have Ben O'Connor in the GB lineup. Uh, so obviously, what we're going to do is we're going to cover that out. Obviously, in the uh, in the ensuing conversation, so we'll not directly discuss question but obviously it will be answered in the course of, of kind of this section I'll throw it back over to you guys as to how you want to do it I'm not, I'm, I have no idea so let's start with the goalies let's just go goalies defenders forwards um, let's say let's go through the ones we've picked and then we'll because I'm going to guess that there'll be a number in each position that will go yeah they're in and then we'll discuss we'll have that kind of uh, Selectors uh, meeting, shall we call it? So we'll go for the goalies. Um, at my four, uh, I suspect they're probably going to be the same for everyone's because it's quite an easy one. But I've got Ben Bounds, Jackson Whistle, uh, John Headley, and I've got Will Curling. That's my four goalies. What about you guys? Uh, I'll jump straight in the side, but the exact same. <laughs> Whilst mine's different, it's one person's different because I've got Ben Barnes, Jackson Whistle, Will Curling, and Lucas Breen. I've got Bounds, Whistle, Headley, but I've also put Ben Churchfield in there. Ooh. Mainly because um, since he went left Sheffield, because we weren't giving him any time at all. Uh, which I thought was silly given the leagues that Churchfield was played in. But uh, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but recently he has been uh, given a loan to the Iowa Heartlanders, which is the AHL affiliate of the Minnesota Wild. Not playing any games yet, but obviously he's good enough to get that call up to uh, to that level. So, great for him. I honestly thought you were going to say, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but it's annoyed me that you didn't get any ice time. So, I thought you were going down the line as well. You've hit it well, mate. You've hit it well. <laughs> so I think it's fair to say that we bounds a whistle. We'll take two of the four spots. Yeah, I think yeah, that was the yeah. Um has been mentioned a number of times. I think myself, you, Joe, and yeah. Greff... So I think on the basis of the three of us, I think Curling can have one of the spots. And on the basis that if he's going as the fourth goalie, he's not going to go anyway. I mean, it'd be good experience for him to get that. And I think I don't think anyone's going to disagree as long as he carries on getting the time that he's getting in, in Nottingham. He's done a good job. I, I can see him making his way up and, and maybe replacing as as some British goalies kind of go out of the picture. Well, here's the thing: you. you we always look at Bounds Whistle being one two. Yeah. That third spot, as much as it's cover for injury, it also puts the pressure on if one of the goalers does really bad, it has that shot. So, But 
say, I, 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 could we all agree that curling gets one of the spots? Yeah, I'd, I'd say that. Yeah. And then the fourth one. So, Gref, you mentioned uh, the GB under 20 goalie. Yeah. Obviously, Andy mentioned Churchill. I mentioned Headley, um, and you did as well. Yeah. So, where do you want to go with this one? I'm actually genuinely, I'm going to put a vote in for uh, for Churchill. So, I I will admit, I kind of thought about Churchill and kind of just dismissed it on the basis of what he was given in the Elite League. Um, On the basis that he's now going to be training with AHL teams. Uh, or AHL players even um, I, I, I would suggest that that's about the best kind of prep that he can be getting right now for that um, you know currently Jordan Headley's not getting a great deal of play I don't think in Coventry whereas Churchfield's at least training with AHL players on a regular basis you would think so I, I'm happy to say Churchfield on that one Headley's is game time that's the reason why I didn't put him down I think I went for him because he did a decent job when he was called on in the Elite Series and obviously he was the third goalie that went last year, was he not? Well, last time. Yeah. So I, I think that's why I went for him. But yes. on his game time and on what Staff's just said about I say I hold my hands up, I completely neglected to look at what Churchfield had done since he left the Elite League. But on that basis, I, I would put my vote into Churchfield. Church, Churchfield played for Vermillion. Uh, County Bobcats, great team name, uh, in the SPHL. Uh, 11 games, 3.97 goals against with a 0.895 save percentage, uh, a record of 2-8-1. Um, still for, for, you know, he was now training, with, like I say, with, with Iowa. Yeah, I can, I can go to that. I think that's a fair argument, Andy. Yeah, I did put Churchfield down and then I scribbled him out and put Lucas Breen because I did the exact same as Joe. I didn't really check what he's done <laughs> since leaving the league. And then I thought, Lucas played on the 20s, he's 19. What better to get some training off two of the GB goalies that are some of the best? <laughs> and also, Killing was one of the three goalies with... Bounds and whistle in the elite series. Yep. And also had the GB goalie coach, who was part of the Panthers setup um, for the elite series, to help whistle and bounce. So that would have been some good experience for Curling. Hasn't he also played? played like, has he played three or four games this year so far? He's played a few. Um, he was like three and zero at one point. I know. That, I know that they'll pick him dependent on who he played, but. I think he's only played Challenge Cup by the looks. Oh, no, so he's played four games in Challenge Cup. He was three and one. So, not bad going, to be fair. And he's got another good goalie to be learning with in Kevin Carr. Like you say, he's got that experience. I'm genuinely, I'd go with Curling and Churchfield. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I would. Yeah, that's all good. So, we move on to Defenders. Now, here is the thing which there's no kind of rule on, is how many we take. Cause it obviously depends upon um, how many forwards. Now, you can go 17-11, or you can go 10-18, or you can go 16-12. Shall we just go for who we've got and see where we go with it? 
Yeah, can do for me. Okay, go. Go. You go with your list. Say again. Go through your list of, of the defenders that you've picked out. Okay, I went with Mark Richardson, Josh Batch, Davy Phillips, Ben O'Connor. Um, so that's your answer to your question today from me. Uh, Mark Garside, Joseph Hazeldine, David Clements, Sam Jones, Josh Tetlow, and then D slash forward, I've gone Evan Mosey. And Hazel, did you say Hazeldine? Yeah. Okay. Um, Andy? Uh, I've gone for David Phillips, Sham Jones, Mark Richardson, (laughs) (laughs) Mark Richardson, David Clements, Josh Tetlow, Evan Mosey, and to answer Chris' question, yes, Ben O'Connor. And Josh Batch, I think I would definitely have uh, bite this time. Uh, Got plus seven moment for Cardiff. I think he's had a better uh, season than he did in the Elite Series. Um, I almost forgot. And I have also actually put Zach Sullivan in. So I think he deserves a chance at this this level. And I think he can do a lot for the team. So uh, I've included him. Uh, my last defenceman, I, I wasn't sure if this guy's el- eligible, just because I've had a look at uh, Dallas Earhart, who I am sorry, but I would not have in a GB uniform, personally. You and me, uh, <laughs> I've I've gone for Nathaniel Halbert. I'm not sure if he qualifies. Well, let's put this way. Greff is now the top dog of the WHF, and he's just gave clearance. Just for the sake of this discussion, mate. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Halibut, right, okay. I think it'd be a, a good addition if he's, and he's got uh, 11 points in 18 games, so 11 and 18. Who was he play for? Uh, the Coventry? Yeah. Coventry, yeah. Ah, okay. Points in 18 for Coventry, 30 penalty minutes and a minus 4. Didn't he start the. The goal of getting a penalty, getting a suspension. Yeah, it was, yeah. Oh, yes, Linskook incident, yeah. <laughs> because that's what you want to wind up the, uh, the Swedish and the uh, Finnish goalies. <laughs> Again. Um, so the defenders that I've picked, I've gone for Josh Batch, uh, Dave Clements, Sam Jones, Dave Phillips, Mark Richardson. I've also gone Zach Sullivan. Um, Tetlow I don't like my next pick but I know he'll get picked and I kind of can sleep and I go in if he's wearing the shirts I'll support the team and it's Dallas Earhart I just know he'll get picked so I'm kind of I, I'm with you Andy and, I, and in fairness when me and Joe went down to the GB Riga game and there was a, a, a if you remember Joe the penalty was the back end of the game and it, we're just like that alone should, you know, save the save the flight money. Just spend it, <laughs> spend it on nutrients, not him on a flight. But you know he'll go. Um, Mark Garside. I have gone O'Connor, and I've also gone Liam Stenton, one of the under twenties. Uh, I think he's two-way Glasgow and Solway. Uh, again, I've gone. 
some of my picks I'm looking at. Let's you know give them the time with the national side. They're in the under twenties. Let's give them that exposure um, and go from there. So we've got Greft. Is it Greft? Rust? Who's left? I'm left. I'm left. So you are. Yeah. <laughs> so your list. It's Matt Richardson, David Phillips, David Clements, Josh Tetlow, Sam Jones, Zach Sullivan, defence last forward Evan Moser, Ben O'Connor, Liam Stenton, Dallas Earhart, for the exact same reason Dave said as well. And then the last two forward, oh, defenceman, sorry, are young Brits. And one of them is eligible to be in the NHL draft. Liam Steele and Aaron Francis. I forgot about Liam Steele. So did I. Did you say Aaron Francis? Yeah. Oh. He plays for the Boston Hockey Academy. Ah. Oh. And played for GB on the 20s. Fair enough. So, if we go down the list of who's got, we've all said, um, and in no particular order, uh, Clements, we all said, um, Sam Jones, Sam Jones, uh, David Phillips, sorry, I'm just writing it down at the same time, uh, Mark Richardson, Given. Um, Tetlow. And O'Connor is the one, two, three, four, five, six. They're the ones that I've had all of us say. Um, Shouldn't Zach Sullivan on there because I completely overlooked him. Well, I'm just going to go with the next one, the ones that three of us have said. Sullivan was one, and I will say, yeah. you know, do we all agree? Yeah, 100%. Um, Josh Batch is another one that's of three people. Again, do we agree that he would make that list? Yeah, yeah, I think he would. And then... So, are we going to go with four more defenders or three? Um, Well, shall we go on to forwards, do the same thing, and then figure out what we've got left? Okay. And actually, we'll answer the next the question I've got is yeah. where you would fit Evermose in. Because I suspect that we'd all put Evermose in the squad. Yeah. Where he would go from there. So let's go, let's go, Gref. Gref, give us your forwards. Yeah, so I've got Jennifer Phillips, obviously a captain, Robert Dowd, Mike Hammond. Ben Davis, Josh Waller, Ollie Betteridge, Luke Ferrara, Lewis Hook, Ben Lake, Matthew Myers, Brett Polini, Scott Conway, Owen Dell, who plays for the under-20s, Jack Hopkins, under-20s, Alex Graham, and Joey Lewis. Okay, some good some good names there. Um, some I'd not even thought of. Um, truth be told, 
Let's go, Joe. Uh, I've gone Scott Conway, Brett Pellini, Mike Hammond, Jonathan Phillips, Robert Dowd, Luke Ferrara, Josh Waller, Ben Lake, Ollie Betteridge, Lewis Hook, uh, I've gone with Kieran Long, Ben Davies, Ross Venus, I think, has been underrated in commentary recently. He's been playing well, so I've added him. Matt Myers, Alex Graham again, uh, Sam Duggan, and Jordan Cowley. Okay, so my list is Scott Conway, uh, Luke Ferrara, Robert Dowd, Jonathan Phillips, Ollie Betteridge, um, Josh Waller, Sam Duggan. Uh, I have Mosey in this part as, as, as a forward. I also go Ross Venus, another one for Alex Graham, um, Pellini, uh, Myers, Hammond, Sir Ben Davies. Disappointed in you, Gareth. Um, I've also got Jordan Conway, and two that I've gone left field in terms of under 20s, I've got Logan Nielsen, and I've gone Finley Howells. Staff, over to you. This is by far the hardest because there's a lot of players that for us, especially that we could take over because it's been a fantastic season. Uh, but I think I've got the majority, to be honest, uh, on my list as well. I've got the Belfast Four in Lewis Hook, Scott Conway, who was having a breakout season, uh, Kim Long, and Ben Lake. Who was, who but, was the other one you said there, mate? Um, Hook, Conway, Long and Lake. Thank you. No worries. We've also gone Sir Ben Davies. There you go. Sam Duggan. Josh Waller. Again, why would you not have him in that list? Fantastic for uh, the Cardiff so far this season. Uh, Luke Ferrara, again, starting where he, where he was last few seasons, putting points up. Uh, Ross Venus as well, great line mate with Ferrara. Uh, we've also got Jordan County, who was having a great, great season. Uh, Robert Lakovich, Robert Dowd, Jonathan Phillips, Brett Pellini, Ollie Betteridge, Matt Myers. I've also gone for Mike Hammond, uh, who has, I believe, 69 points in 30-something games in the DL3. Uh, and I've also gone for uh, one about the box. He has played for GB before a few seasons ago, and that's Joey Lewis. Uh, just getting his stats up now by many, many elite prospects pages. Um, so he's currently playing for ESV at Kofbjörn in the DEL2. Uh, been pretty steady over, over the last few seasons for them, to be honest with you. Uh, averaging more, more or almost 30 points uh, in between 30 and 50 games. So I think he deserves a, a shot again. It's been a fair few... Um, Years since he played for the under twenties, but in that time he put four points in five games. So I, I don't see why not. He, he should be given uh, a chance for Great Britain again. He also did play for GB uh, in 2018-2019. Played two games, but nothing on the on the score sheet. I think this time could be a lot different. He's had a lot more time uh, in in the second German league, and if he's putting if he's putting the points up there, I have no doubt that given the right time he can put points up against GB. So that's why I, I put him in. Him in again. Some some good names uh, across the board there, gents. Um, 
And I think the, the back end of the final ones we would select, I think, could be the difficult one to to discuss. Uh, so let's go through the ones that are guaranteed. So, again, no particular order. We've all gone Conway. Uh, we've all gone Ferrara. We've all gone Dowd. We've gone Jonathan Phillips. And I'm guessing I can speak for all saying that he retains the captaincy. Yeah, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. We're still in that too. Ken I'd agree, yeah. Uh, good enough. Uh, Oli Betteridge. Um, Josh Waller. Who else have got everybody? Um, Brett Pellini. Matt Myers. Um, Mike Hammond. Sir Ben Davies. If it helps, I did write Sir next to his name. I just didn't read it out. <laughs> mate, boat's gone. Boat sailed off. You missed it. You missed it there, mate. Um, so they're the ones that we've all, all of us have said. Um, looking through the list that I've got, and if there's names that I miss, because I didn't pick up all the names, so I'm going to save it for the discussion. Be that of three of us have said, I have got Sam Duggan as the first one. Are we would we all be happy with him in the squad? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The next one is Ross Venus. Yeah. Uh, the next one's Alex Graham. Yeah. I'm looking at Andy because the floor's yours, Andy. I, I'm getting the vibe that you wouldn't, which is there's nothing wrong in saying that. What's your thought process on that? Honestly. The only reason is because we've got a lot of great players that left over and it's like, well, someone's obviously won't be able to make the final cut. So, yeah, it's just difficult, isn't it? I, I think he will make it and I'd like to see him make it. I don't know, it's just something. Would you be happy? I, I, I'd, I'd be happy with going. Yeah, yeah, I would, yeah. Okay. So if, if any of the names anyone does disagrees, this is what this this section's for. Um, the next person, Jordan County. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think was it Greff who didn't have Jordan County down. I wrote him down and scribbled him out. So let me open the floor to you as to sell why you wouldn't take him in that first squad. Uh, looking at his point production this season. From what I was looking on my list, it you've got someone's better that's got more points this season, and that is Joey Lewis. That was my only take on it. I can see why you would take him because obviously he is actually a really decent player, and he'll have played with some of the guys already. But the reason why I didn't put him down was just I wanted someone that was going to get some more points. If he gets called up to the squad, to the, the show, that is. You're on mute, by the way, Dave. Didn't realise I was on mute. Um, so let me throw this into, obviously, myself, Joe, and Andy, who we've all mentioned. 
because I kind of get the feeling that we could have a few of these players of the same thing of we would take him, but there could be actually better players. Shall we have him in, as a batch of players that we end to go, right, we've got spaces left, who would we take? As ones who have said we'd have him in the squad, shall we put them in there for now? Yeah. To revisit and then go, yeah, would okay, we still... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right, so the ones I picked up names-wise, Lewis Hook, I've got two people mentioned Lewis Hook. Yeah, I mentioned him. Yeah, same. I think three of them. Because I mentioned him. Okay. I did have him on my list. I scrubbed him off to fit Evan Mose in as a forward. However, given that we've got some spaces left for defenders, and some of the picks that I would have won't make, I'm ha- I would happy to go and keep Lewis back in the list. So I did say I initially did have him on, but in terms of moving the other players around, so would we all agree that he'd actually go on the list and not wait at the end? Yeah, that's yeah. it. So just a quick tally up. So that's eight, twelve. So we have six spots left. Would we go three each defender and forward? Or would you want to do a different balance? Pause open to that one. Which players have we got? Can we go through? Have you got a list of the players that we've got left in the pot? Yeah, um, so I've got Evan Mosey. So I think he'll be one of the six. Yeah. It's just where he goes. Where, where he goes, yeah. So I think maybe we'll, go on, we'll deal with Evan Mosey now and then we see what we've got left. So I think you, Joe, you meant you put him in defence... I've kind of had him defence slash forward, but I know he's been playing the majority of the season in defence so far, and he has been doing a good job with it. However, I don't know because I'm looking at the I'm looking at the lineup that we've got, and I'm presuming how many will we how many demon will we take again? Six, or do we take a couple of extras as well? Um, I think we take eight. We take four lines a day. I think it's. I think it's. We take eight. So although we have eleven in the squad, there'll be three that'll miss out from defence. Right. Okay. And it'll be the same. I think we'll take fourteen forwards. I'm looking at the strength that we've got defensively in terms of you've got the likes of Richardson, who's going to be on there, Davy, Ben O'Connor. As much as this controversy that surrounds him, I can't see him missing the missing the bill. Clements has been strong this year. Tetlow had a great, great like tournament last time round, and he's been playing well. I, I think there's more of a spot for for Mosey as a forward, and also we'll need his speed up front a lot more against the teams we're going to play. Uh, whereas you know we're not going to be able to rely on the speed like the Steelers do, which is he'll be able to get forward and then come back and track back defensively as well. We'll need his speed up front, I think. So I, I, I had him. I said him with D, but I had him written down as D slash forward, so I probably would err on the side of forward. Yeah, I'd say forward as well, but obviously, come like penalty killing or we get an injury to a D man or a D man's out for like a 10 minute misconduct, for example, yeah. he always slot in there, put him as a forward. He's also the perfect guy to have on the ice if we're on a three-on-three OT situation or something like that, or if, you know something like that because he's he's the quality guy that can usually you'd see you kind of 
I presume it goes three on three OT in World Champs. Yes. So, you know, he's, he's also the perfect guy to have in that kind of special team because he's got the speed, but obviously usually you go two forwards in a D, so if you had him as the second forward, he could kind of cover both as well. Andy? Given that, yeah, I think a forward as well. So he's down there, so... If we said we have two forward spots left and three defensive spots left. Uh, so forwards, we've got... And I may have missed some names here, so please shout if you have. Joey Lewis, Ben Lake, Kieran Long, uh, Lakovich. Any others mentioned? I know I've got uh, Logan Nielsen and Finley Howell mentioned. Um, gents, is there any other names that were... No, I, don't, I, I didn't have any more. Uh, two of the 20s mentioned, but... You say Liam Steele and Aaron Francis? Uh, for defence, yeah. Right, OK. Any any other forwards? Uh, forwards oh, uh, yeah, yeah, we mentioned Hammond. Right. For forwards, I put Owen Dell, because he's playing in the Hershey Cubs US PHL Premiership. OK. And Jack Hopkins, because of how well he's doing in Telford this season. But I don't really see Jack making the list anyway. It's just good to have him around see him for the next out. batch. Yeah. Andy, was anybody that I've mentioned there that you had and have not meant repeated? Uh, I don't think so. I think you mentioned them all. Okay, so... So where would you want to go with this one, gents? Yeah, to me, there's there's four players that could tip two spots. Um, again, Owen is it Owen Dale, Jack Hopkins, Logan Nielsen, and Finley Howell would be great for them to see what it's like at the the senior level because their time will come and they will be the next batch. Um, but I think for all this, I think they did fall short. So in my mind, it goes with Joey Lewis, Ben Lake, Kim Long. And Robert Lakovic. Would you three agree with that? Are we adding them all in or are we going to take anybody off that list? So I'm saying take them four. I've just mentioned the juniors off the list that we're going to pick for our seven, the other two forwards and at least with four forwards left to decide which two we take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd put it forward with Ben Lake getting one of the two spots. So right. forward. I'd also put it forward that Lacho doesn't get one of those two spots. Mm, can I not even put Lacho on there? No, I, yeah. I would suggest him on the experience he has at international level. That's the only reason why I did think of him, because of the experience. But then I went others down. I'm also kind of thinking from a basis of I can't see him making the final cut and in that instance is it better to have I don't know someone like well if we're, if we're choosing on the list now between whether we'd keep say Jerry Lewis or Lacho on the list then I'd rather be seeing Jerry Lewis on that list because we've got more chance of him going and getting the experience even if he doesn't make the final cut whereas I can't see Lacho making the final cut and he's got the experience already so he's not going to really gain anything from being there's the argument, I guess, there that he could turn up and, and perform. 
I'd fight for one of those spots. I might be being harsh in saying I can't see him making it, but I just personally can't see him making it. See, I'm the opposite. I I can see him making the final cut because there was kind of there was pressure on him to make it in Kashitsa and then made it and actually did, did the two bad. Um, Andy, what are your thoughts? If you were to pick two of the four, where would you go? I totally understand your argument with uh, experience, but with having a lot already on there who have that experience and Lewis having experience at not only uh, <laughs> albeit one season with uh, the GB seniors, but he's got that under-20s experience where he's actually put really good points up and I think you know, we need a productive team that is going to put consistent points, well, or could put consistent points up because it's, it's going to be very difficult without Kirk. It's going to be difficult without Connolly. Uh, and I just think we need someone who, can, who has proven that domestically can put the points up to be given that chance. And I think for me that will be Joey Lewis. So am I, just so I got your argument, wait, would you go Joey Lewis and Ben Lake? Or would you go Joey Lewis and another? Uh, I'd go Lewis and Lake, yeah. Uh, also, just with Lachow, I've just looked, I've not really looked at his stats this year. I didn't think he'd be particularly productive this year. Eight points from 27 a Guildford team that's could have done with the experience that Lacho had playing for Nottingham and playing GB. I, I just don't, I don't think his point production's there either this season. He, he had six points in 15 for Nottingham in the Elite Series. He had eight points in 27. He nearly doubled the amount of games with two extra points. I just, I just think he's dropping off too rapidly. Okay. So the two, you've gone Ben Lake and who else was yours, Joe? Um, I had long down on my list, but I'm actually going Joey Lewis. So Ben Lake and Joey Lewis for me. Griff. Ben Lake and Joey Lewis. Yeah, I'd go with that. Um, fair arguments. Um, and like Andy said, you know, there is a, a fair bit of experience up and down that lineup. Um, you know, just looking, you know, you've got Myers, um, Phillips, Dowd. Um, that's just the forwards. You've got a fair few in defence. So, yeah, I'm happy to go with that. So, the three that were adding extra were Mosey, Lewis and Lake to... Yes. So? So, the three defenders. And we've got rid of Mosey from that argument, so... It leaves open another spot. So who... Let's start with Griff. Who would you... Because we've got... We, so again, I've got Hazeldine. I've got, um, assuming that he's eligible. Halibut. Got Liam Steele. Aaron Francis. Um, got Liam Stenton. Garside. And Earhart. That has been mentioned. Who isn't on the list yet. So, Gref, who are the three that you take? I'd take Garside for experience. Uh, 
Liam Steele. I'd probably take Liam Steele. He's got to be showing some sort of good upside to his game if he's going to get ranked 83rd in the US skater, uh, North American skaters. And then the last spot. I'd give it to Hazel D. Okay, so myself, I I would go Garside. I'd, I'd plump with Stenson, but I'd also, um, I'd go for Liam Steele as well. An argument that's already had a discussion-wise. I'm happy to make some changes to my initial pick and put him in there instead. Uh, let's go, Joe. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the question before I go is what we're going to do about Earhart, because I think we all would agree that we wouldn't add him to our list, but I think we would all also agree that he's going to be added to the list. So are we adding him, not adding him on the basis that he's probably going to get picked, but this is who we would pick, or are we going to add him to the list on the basis that he'll be there and we know he'll be there? Let's go with what we pick. Yeah. That was, that was nearer the time. No, that's a fair question, mate. Nearer the time we can actually do a bit of a compare and contrast. Yeah. Um, I, I'm in agreement, I think, with Greff, if memory serves from what he just said. I'm going Garside, uh, Steele, and Hazeldine. I had Hazeldine and Garside on my original list, and then Steele, I think, was, uh, was a good shout. I, again, another player that I completely forgot about. Uh, and Andy? I'm just trying to get through. Um... Like a guard side, uh, experience, but he's also at plus five this season, which I think is pretty decent. Uh, Liam Steele, hundred percent. I don't see why not. Really, it's just great, great shout from Greff reminding me to be with it. It's one player I forgot about from last week. Uh, I think he could have a lot. He's already got uh, the experience of you know he's he's not played uh, in the, in the highest leagues, but he's still got uh, the training. Uh, from what I imagine he's, he's, he's really good really good coaches and I think that's going to go well for him so I'd definitely put Steele in um, last spot's hard but I would actually put um, again I'm not sure if he's eligible but I would put Dominic Walsh in as the last parent who is uh, a Guildford born player but is in a DL2 would, would he qualify? Or, or not? I'm not, I'm not 100% Is it the forward? Um, he's a right wing slash D Wait, Can you announce everyone going on to week prospect? Right. Who Dominic Walsh Please for Kremitsu Yeah Kremitsu yeah. I should have he wouldn't because he has no or there's no on the league prospect of any um, junior however they they don't always have their junior um, stats because Earhart hasn't got any any British junior uh, stats either 
On that basis, though, then, I'm going to go with another player that I have mentioned before last week, and that's Rhodes Mitchell King, who is currently in uh, the Wisconsin Rapids River Kings in the USPHL Premier, uh, but born uh, in Coventry, I believe. It's not got his birthplace, but his junior team is Coventry, so I'm going to go with Rhodes Mitchell King. Okay, thank you for that. And, again, some good picks from there. Um... So on that basis, we've got two players that we've all mentioned. So I think it's fair to say they'd get two of the three spots. Steele and Garside. Yep. And then I've gone Stenton. Um, Andy's gone with... Rose Mitchell King. Mitchell King. Thank you. I just, got, I just wrote RMK. I'm, I apologise <laughs> to him. Um, and I've gone Stenton. So on the base of majority... Um, would we, as a mean Andy, would be happy to go on that basis with Hazelden for the last spot? Um, for the same theory, just to give the... I mean, he's 20 years old. He's, he's, he's doing well, as far as... Obviously, he's doing well for Storm. Um, again, similar principle of we've got a lot of people there who's not going to make the final four. He's a man of six, I've seen. That's why I didn't really choose him. Yeah, but he's minus six for Manchester. I mean, no offence to Manchester, but that's too bad for Manchester. True. <laughs> like, no, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be harsh, but at the same time, like, I, I, yeah, I just think, no, yeah, I don't know. I just, I went more for age as much as anything else. He's 20 years old. I think he'll be a future demon in in, in the British squad, and I think it'll be a good experience. He's never going to make the final call, but. No, yeah, yeah, put him down. Yeah. Uh, this one... Oh, no, 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 it's not. Never mind. Scratch that, it's only. <laughs> and then that concludes our initial... Uh, the MFZ squad to take on the world in Tepera. So, just to go through the names, and we'll post this on socials, so we'll get the how dare you pick him, and I look forward to that discussion. Um, if you do discuss it on the socials, how give us good reason. Sorry, Joe? I think more likely probably how dare you not pick him from... If we've been accused of bias from certain channels before, I suspect we might <laughs> not pick him. Well, we're here for them for a while, so I suppose we need to wake him up, don't we? True. So, good evening, Storm TV. <laughs> the subtleties just got out the window. Yes, they were subtle wheels. Uh, so our goal is Ben Bams, Jackson Whistle, Will Curling, Ben Churchfield. Our defenders: uh, Dave Clements, Sam Jones, Dave Phillips, Mark Richardson, Josh Tetlow, Ben O'Connor, uh, Zach Sullivan, Josh Batch, uh, Matt Garside, Liam Steele, and Jack Hazelden. Did I right? Have we got it right? Joe Hazelden. Oh, my apologies. Um, um, we'll make sure it's uh, put correctly when we go on socials. Our forwards, uh, Scott Conway, Luke Ferrara, Robert Dowd, the captain, uh, Jonathan Phillips, Oli Betridge, Josh Waller, Brett Pellini, Matt Myers, Mike Hammond, uh, Sir Ben Davies, Sam Duggan, Ross Venus, Alex Graham, Lewis Hook, Emma Mosey, Ben Lake and Joey Lewis. Dave tripping over himself there, making sure he said sir after giving Griff grief. Some teams in like, what's that? That's not... What's that? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you guys. And I know that there'll be people cut from that. That, that squad actually gives, that excites me a little bit. There's a fair bit of pace in there. Is that just because it misses out Dallas Earnhardt? 
Irrelevant. <laughs> it's quite depth, depthful, isn't it, that, that sort of roster? Yes. Let's, let's just quantify again. I said it on. I wouldn't pick him. Me and Griff have had this conversation many times in kind of world champs, but if he goes there, he'll be supported. So any Manchester fans who think we're being harsh, just because he plays for Manchester, would still support him if he was in a GB shirt. Just my preference. He wouldn't. But we'll never get picked. Also, also, all due respect, it's nothing to do with him playing for Manchester. I just don't think he's good enough. Like if, you, if, if we signed him in a, in, for the Steelers now, firstly, I'd be disappointed as to why we've made the signing. And secondly, I would still be on the bandwagon of, I don't think he goes to the Worlds. I'll say one thing. His first Worlds, he weren't that bad. In Budapest. In Budapest, yeah, he wasn't he too bad. He weren't that bad. And I appreciate that's a notch below the world champs. Um, so he has performed all right for GB in the past. It's the daft things that he does, I think, that is this is this his downside. He's, he has some good play and it's not like he's it's not like he's dreadful. I just think that a lot of the, the mistakes that he makes or the daft penalties and that kind of thing that he does just outweighs the actual what he brings off defensively. It's all about having a defence that's strong and that that can make some good plays and that can stand up at the back. But then when they're taking penalties and putting you on the PK or they're making silly mistakes as the last line of defence, it's just, I don't know. I, I remember the Belarus game where we were coasting it. And I mean, we, and we were all like, pinch yourselves. And I can remember the conversation in our chat's like, what the hell is this weird? Are we really that far ahead of Belarus? And he coughed up the puck. Bang in front of Bound, It was a bound in goal, yeah. Yes, it were. Mm. Bang in front, 4-2. And they've just got that little bit of momentum. And it's just the little things, like we mentioned against the the, the NMA Riga game. And just little things, I'd be like, thank you, but no thanks. Yeah. It's merely his, his discipline and, and his awareness under uh, situations where you, you might find it a, a, a bit stressful. D- domestically, discipline is poor, but internationally, yeah. unless I completely blanked out on... Daft penalties, daft penalties is taken, multiple. It's not that bad, Gref. No, I think, I don't really think he's taken one, I think. I don't think he's done any while he's playing for GB. Last, no, he hasn't. Oh, no, he did. 2017-18 was the last time he took a penalty for GB. He had eight penalty minutes in five games. But that was with, so, yeah. That yeah. one, eh, yeah. Yeah. He hasn't. He hasn't in the last three years or three occasions. So yeah, it, when it when it comes to playing for GBs, it's not too bad. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's where I'd go. Yeah, but yeah I, I like that squad. And if you were the selectors, it'd be quite difficult, assuming all them players are on form. I think that'd be quite a difficult one to select. I think the defence in particular is going to be difficult because, like I say, you've got some big, you've got some big veterans on there that are no-brainers to put on the list. But then you've also got some strong young defensemen in there as well. Um, I mean, I, I wonder I'll throw in there straight away, like, like Sam Jones. Obviously, we've seen him play in Sheffield. He's come on leaps and bounds this year. Um, you know, and I felt him and Tetlow in Riga were one of the and, and Clements was the outstanding. I thought defence actually, given the pressures that were on against the teams we were playing, I thought them three was really outstanding. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. So, uh, good job, boys. And we'll pause this out, and then you tell us where we've gone wrong, or you tell us where we, you would agree with us. And like I say, if you say that we should pick X player, or we shouldn't have picked X player, give reasoning. I may even respond. But just remember, it's our opinion, and you can't have an opinion, <laughs> unless that's your opinion, at which point we can't have an opinion on that opinion. Too many opinions. <laughs> yep, yeah, happy with that. Anything else to add on the GB front? Seeing shaking heads, so we'll move on. We're going to move back to a negative point for a second, gents. We're going to breathe past this hopefully relatively quickly. However, again, not something that we want to talk about, but something that we kind of have to talk about. As we've mentioned that over the last 12 months or so, there's been a few too many, well, one is too many, but there's been a few incidents uh, regarding racism within the sport. I think the first one was in the Ukrainian Hockey League, and then it's kind of... I don't know, it's kind of expanded a little bit across other leagues. Uh, the latest one over the last week that we've seen, it was within the ECHL. Um, I think we talked last week about it happening in the AHL, or did we not mention that? I can't remember, because there was another one, weren't there, for a, the San Jose's affiliate team um, in the ECHL. And I think one of the other things that really highlighted this was it was the brother of P.K. Subban, as well, who was the victim of it, and I know he was very, very active in terms of his social media and, and his stance on it, which absolutely rightfully so. Uh, basically, Jacob Panetta has been suspended for the rest of the season after the brother of long-time NHL player PK Subban accused the minor league defenseman of making monkey gestures in his direction. That's straight from Sportsnet. Um, I've seen the video of it. There was a video that was doing the rounds of it. Um, you know, it's not. It, it, we don't want to see that in the sport. We've said this a million times. There's no place for it at all. I think when I said that this is one of the closest that it's pushed us to making this not a family podcast episode with regards to the five flyers thing, I think the other things that have pushed us to that point have been the racism discussion so far. Um, he's obviously come out and said his gestures were not racially motivated, so that was his defence. But they have suspended him for the rest of the season. Uh, I'll throw it out to you guys. I like this on two fronts. Um, so if you, I like it on two fronts. The ban is probably the, the best ban we've seen so far. Although I'd like to think the scope for should there be an even more blatant, why, I don't know, but if there was to be a more blatant um, act on ice, that you'd get a longer suspension. But if you're going to change mindsets and, and, and not good at, you know, just get people thinking about the right thing. There needs to be elements of education. So, as part of his, if, for him to reapply to play in the postseason, he has to have completed, to a sufficient degree, the um, certain courses uh, on in, of that subject matter that better educates the player. That the NHL uh, running the East Coast have, have gone, so he has to have that high level, uh, when I say high level, high level league uh, training. And I like that because you can't just go... Because you could easily go back, you ban 38 games, and then you come back. Um, you could then ask, what's he learned? And theoretically, he could have learned nothing. And now some people may go, well, what's the point in the courses? Because he could just do it again when he's back. True. You'd like to think not, but true. However, if you want to change the way people think and the way people behave, you've got to offer that element of education. And I think having that as part of the... You've got to complete that. I actually like. Um, not. I just think it 
it helps people who make mistakes. It's a bit of a crappy mistake, don't get me wrong. It's not like a, oh, that's a bad mistake. I've had, you know, that's unfortunate. This is a crap mistake to make. It's, well, it's up there with the crap mistakes, or other words are available. But it allows them a chance to learn. allows them a chance to educate himself. allows them a chance to recommend himself as a person, to not think, to do this, to give that. Because he's, he's claimed in a video that it weren't a, a racial gesture. Yeah. The problem is... It offered the perception. It offered the perception that it was. And people could go, well, the X-Play's done it, and he's done the muscle thing. It's like, no, you, you, yeah. You could, you, could, you could pick holes in it. You could ask a million questions back and forth. The big thing is it offered that perception that it was a racist gesture. So the education part of it allows him the chance to kind of go, oh, okay, you know what, next time, I'm just going to drop the C-bomb on him. I'm just going to use a swear word. I'm not going to go down that line. And he's still going to chirp the guy, but chirping the way which is not about him, like, you know, about his race or other areas which we hope and don't, um, especially, obviously, last week we had the Pride Game in Sheffield and other areas where people may use, as used before, wrongly used. That education allows people to think, no, I'm just going to do it differently, better. That's not going to, I'm not going to offend that person because of the colour of his skin. I'm not going to offend him by because of his orientation. I'm going to offend him because I think he's a, a rubbish hockey player, or I think he's this, that, and the other, but not about him. So I've, that education, I think, is the more import, as important as the ban. So in the long run, that's probably what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think yours, but I know the the education part. It's good that they're not saying, yeah, you can do yeah thirty plus games. And then here's a contract for you next season where you can just do it all again. Now it's just going to be like, yeah, have you done this? Yep. Okay, great. We can let you in. Provision you don't do it again. Does that again? Then obviously that's going to be an even longer ban. Probably even said, yeah, you're not playing, you're not welcome in this league anymore. Which, when you think of it down the line from where it's, where we saw the the Ukrainian ban, it's like. Surely you guys should be doing this as well. And it's it's going to happen a lot. I mean, we hope it doesn't happen a lot, but obviously we've seen it quite a lot recently. We've seen players talk about it. I mean, you've seen the PK, PK Subban uh, interview we did. And he was just talking about going, how he's dealt with it. It goes. It is what it is now. You live with it. You move on. But you shouldn't really feel like that's the thing that you've got to do. So what he was saying, it was a. It wasn't a racist gesture, like you said. It's not a perception. Anyone, I think, pretty much most people on that rink saw it as a racist gesture, considering when you watch the video. I think it was PK that tweeted it as well, yeah. how most people saw it. You had Jordan going absolutely nuts at him, throwing so many punches. And then you had one of Jordan's teammates literally come from the bench and start throwing punches at him. And the one thing that made, uh, you're looking at it and you're going, yeah, everyone knows he's messed up because not one of his teammates went in to help. 
to try and pull him off. Like, yeah, you know, you've messed up there. It was stupid from Panetta. Should know better. There's a time and place when you're using gestures, especially to obviously people of colour, depending on what that gesture is, whether you intend it to be something else or not, you've got to think of it as how others are going to perceive it. And obviously, because of what history has has shown, uh, it's perceived as as a racial sort of gesture and... Yeah, just, just needs to know a lot better. And I think he knows that. He's he's definitely said it in his, uh, in his video that he said. And you got to give him some credit for, you know, owning up to his mistake, posting a video uh, of what his, you know, thoughts on it were. And that he, he seemed very remorseful. And that's when, you know, you can sort of give time and day to someone who is genuinely upset about what they've done. Um, so I think fair play to him for admitting that he did wrong and putting that publicly. In terms of the 30-game ban, I think that's that's okay, to be honest with you. Given that he has admitted his mistakes, uh, he's, he's come out and, and apologised uh, to Jordan Spann and, and, and also Bam family and... Uh, every other player or or person, of course. So um, I think given that, that is a big reason for the remainder of the season ban. Uh, I've also got a statement from Ryan Creelan, who is the uh, commissioner of the CHL. He says, insensitive actions and gestures, regardless of intent, cannot be tolerated in our game. We all need to learn and grow from this incident and remain steadfast to further educate and advance our commitment to diversity, equity and inclusion throughout our league. And that's a great statement. Uh, I think that's backed up by the fact you know, that, that uh, Panetta has uh, the the awareness and, and the learning course. I think that's, that's a great move from the league. It, it shows that they are willing to educate people about, you know, to think clearly next time and to show them that what sort of impact it has on others. So I, th- I think the league have handled this pretty well, to be honest. Um, and given that, uh, I do think he's generally sorry from his video. Um, I think he will definitely learn from this and, and come back stronger. One thing I did see last night uh, on the Avs Bruins game, uh, as I was watching TNT when the broadcast there with uh, Paul Bissonnette, uh, Liam McHugh and... Uh, it's Rick, Rick, Rick Tuckett, the former Yotis coach. He's on there. Uh, listen to Twice and Carter, and um, given from comments there, it's not just around hockey. It's, uh, it seems seems to be uh, more so the city of Jacksonville who, um, you know, sort of try to try defending the gesture and sort of making fun of it. So I think you know, just need to. <laughs> It's not just hockey, but people need to learn and, and understand what sort of impact it has on on on, on uh, former players like Anson, like current players like like Jordan. So um, I think his comments of you know we will understand and, and we will forgive you if you can learn from this and come back a better person. And I think uh, that, you know that's just a very class statement from Anson, uh, saying that he's willing to you know forgive these sort of players if they admit their mistakes and then uh, go on like, like a course, a learning course uh, which obviously they've, they've given Panetta so yeah I, th- I think 
I think he'll definitely learn from this and come back a better player. And uh, definitely we'll, we'll see a lot better in the future for him. Yeah, look, I mean, this is happening too much now. I think we all agree with that. And it was the first thing I thought when I saw the PK Subban tweet. That was, like you say, Greg, that's the way that I saw it. Um, we literally talked last week about a racist incident in the AHL. You know, as as far as that goes, it's the it's the feeder league, it's the it's the it's the minor league two, the big league. You know, it was okay, or it wasn't okay, but it was it was one thing when it was happening in the Ukrainian hockey league. You know, a minor league that <laughs> the idiots have ever thought about, let alone you know thought about discussing on the podcast. It's now happening in the AHL. And then all of a sudden, we're now talking about an ECHL as well, where a large proportion of players that come to the the Elite League have played in, at some point, played in the ECHL. It's becoming more and more at the forefront of the sport now, and, and I hate to see it. It's horrible to see. I'm sure you guys will all agree. The flip side to taking it, like you guys have already said, is that the length of ban has certainly been taken a lot more seriously than, than it was in previous times that we've spoken about it, particularly in relation to the... Um, the Ukrainian Hockey League. Um, Christoph Rabic obviously got a three, 30 game suspension in the AHL incident. Panetta's obviously been suspended for the rest of the season. Um, Harabic was actually also part of his uh, suspension involved him going through uh, the AHL. Oh no, so he can apply to the AHL for reinstatement after missing 21 games. Uh, he has the opportunity to participate in education and training on racism and inclusion and the decision as to whether he can be reinstated after 21 games is based on evaluation of his progress and the necessary education and training with the player inclusion committee. The fact that we're seeing that happen now is really good because like you guys have said, a lot of this is to do with the edu- education, a lot of this is to do with people not understanding. We understand that things are said in, in the heat at the moment and I'm, I have absolutely no doubt that that Hrabic and that Panetta in both of these incidents you know, regret what they've done. I hope that they regret what they've done because of the impact that it has on other people, because of the insinuation that it has in, in terms of the inclusivity of the sport and, and how far we've come over however many years, um, rather than it than regretting it because it makes them look bad and because it impacts their career. I hope that they actually regret it because of the impact it's had on other people. But it's good to see that education moving forward. It's good to see that you know, it's been taken seriously. The rest of the season, 30 games, whatever it is, it's a big ban in comparison to what we've seen before. Um, the Harabic incident is actually the second time that there's a player that's been uh, suspended for a racist incident. Um, and I've lost it on my screen. But I believe they said it was in 2020 was the last one where someone was given a five-game ban for a racial slur. Um, I appreciate that a slur is a bit more difficult to prove than a gesture, but that shows you how far we've come in the last two years. To see a, a ban in 2020 for a racial slur was five games. A ban in 2022 for a racial gesture is 30. That's six times the ban that was given two years ago. So we're clearly taking it a hell of a lot more seriously. And I hope that that's a deterrent for it. And I hope that, that, that this, you know, the speaking out that people like PK Subban and others have done is, is an education and a deterrent in itself because this needs to stop happening now. And that's the biggest thing. Like We can say, we can talk about this until, until we're blue in the face. This needs to stop happening now. That's, that's the basic principle of it. 
because when we spoke about it in the UA, like happened in the UHL at the start of the year, it was like we never talk about this. You know, we don't want to talk about it, but it's happened. But we never talk about it, so it's the first incident. Let's hope it doesn't happen again. My, that's my recollection of our discussion about it, however many months ago. Let's hope we don't have to talk about it again. This is, I think, now what the fourth time that we're talking about it. So it needs to stop. Simple as that. Um, kudos to the leagues for for doing what they've done, the ECHL and the AHL. And I say I like the promotion for the the education side as well. Um, obviously, as we've all said, it needs to have that kind of. If it happens again, it happens more severely. If it happens again, as far as I'm concerned, they've had the chance to be educated. They should have had the remorse by now. If it happens again, they should just be out of the league. It should just be a case that everywhere is saying, turning around and saying, do you know what, you've done this, not prayer. And I think Panetta was actually released by the Jacksonville that he was playing, but he's been released by Jacksonville as well, hasn't he? So as far as I'm concerned, if it happens again, post-education and post-suspension, that should be done. That should be them never lacing up again. I, I, I understand that we discussed week in, week out about bans for hits and bans for things that, in fairness, might even be life-threatening in terms of the way that some players can be hit into the boards at times. We've seen bad concussions. We've had those discussions previously about, you know, bad hits that could have that could have been a lot more severe. They're split-second decisions made on the arch. There's not generally an intention from a player to cause injury on those kind of hits. There are a lot of the time they're a mistimed hit or they're a bad decision that's been made. If you're making racial comments and racial gestures, I'm not. I'm sorry, that's not a split-second decision. Because that shouldn't even be something that pops in your head in that instance. As far as you're concerned, you're a hockey player chirping with a hockey player. So, I, yeah, that, that's, that's my opinion on it. It shouldn't even be coming into your head. There's, no, there's not even an argument for me that it's a split-second decision and it's a mistake made in the heat at the moment. Because the fact that you've had that split second back decision shows that it was, came into your head in that scenario. But, you know, we're moving forward with it. And I'll say, as we said at the start of the year, let's hope that we don't have to talk about any of this again. Um, because with the way that the rest of the sport's been moving, Dave, you said about Pride Week, and that, you know, that's about hockey being for everybody. It doesn't matter about your gender, sexuality, race. We've moved leaps and bounds, and as I say, six times the penalty that that was given two years ago. We've come leaps and bounds. Let's just hope we carry on coming leaps and bounds, and we don't have to see it coming into the forefront of the conversation. Uh, anything else to add on this one? Again, obviously, just, just one thing, really. Uh, just want to your thoughts on it, really. Um, I don't feel it's right that players themselves, who are victims of it, should have to speak out. So I was thinking, would there be a way around where uh, there, were, there would be a way where they, they didn't have to, you know, raise it, it themselves? And I was thinking, do you guys think there should be a on the ice penalty for gestures like this, like a a match penalty for it to, be, to then be reviewed? There was a penalty given. I don't know if it was this one or the week before, but I seem to recall read, read somewhere that a penalty was given for unsportsmanlike uh, sport, conduct due to a race, racist gesture. I do believe that was called by one of the incidents. I'd have to look up again just to, be able to, say it to, to make sure I've got that correct. I agree with you. If the referees have heard it, one of the officials heard it, yeah, let's have that. Give them the 10 minute, and it goes on report. So that it goes through the channels. Um, I think 
What Joe said is right. We've come leaps and bounds in the way that the game of hockey is more open and more acceptable, regardless of skin colour, regardless of gender, regardless of orientation. But then you kind of see things like that, and you kind of go, we've still got leaps and bounds to go. Um, do we have the, the mechanisms in place used enough to, so that players have to call out? Because at the moment, players have to call out for it to be heard. And that shouldn't be a thing. In context, I appreciate if if you if it's not being heard by someone, you've got to do it. But realistically, things like this, someone should pick it up and take it. Whether it's the captain, that player, that player, they can prove that they've heard it, it's been said, or officials heard it. It goes through channels that it then becomes a proper thing. At the moment, it just feels like we, this, that that's the element of the leaps and bounds that. Um, that we probably still have in the game. Um, the worst thing is, if you're honest with me, I think even in, in our lifetimes, I don't think collectively you'll have that ease of if someone wants to be that much of a moron and again, close to not making it a family podcast then because, you know, we all play beer league hockey. We all chirp people. and We all talk about the individual, but we don't talk about their skin colour. We don't talk about the orientation. We don't talk about the gender because the hockey we play, it's it's uh, both men and women play the game. It's it's easy to do. And why are we doing it? And I just think it's it's still going to be there. It's it's still going to loiter around. I just feel like in our life, I don't think it's ever going to it's going to change to the degree it should do. I'd love it to be the case of do you know what? I'm going to chirp that player because I think he's a poor hockey player. I'm going to talk about his skill, and that's how I'm going to run. I'm going to go from 60 minutes to talk about his hockey skill, and that should be the collective. Everybody who plays the game, that's where you go. But there'll still be that percentage that will go. Do you know what? I'm going to go further. I'm going to use something that I shouldn't do. But do you know what? Not many people are going to hear me if I do it properly, and that's a wrong attitude. That's a poor attitude. It's it's going in the right direction. It's not. I'm, I'm not completely so negative on your point. But I think, yeah, there needs to be more. And if you know what, if, if referees hear it, give him 10 minutes, give him match penalty. I, I won't be bothered if, 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 one our, let's put it, if one of our Sheffield players was given a match penalty, because one of our players used a racist slur, racist gesture, do you know what, I'm applauding that ref. Good. Don't want it. Hasn't a place in any part of society in a minor hockey match. So, there needs to be more. Yeah, I agree, yeah. And I was just going to say, I wouldn't even have had 10 minutes in there at all. I was just going, right, you're out, match penalty straight off. Yeah. Wouldn't even think about it. You applaud the ref for if they, or one of the officials that's heard it. You get on with the game, you just... And because I know it's two things, it's going to look bad on the player from the perspective of it's if it comes out if it, you find out what, I, what it was what was said in that it's like well you're an idiot a few other words and then obviously that's going to be on his career then for, for the rest of, rest of it but also 
you're going to go down as you're not really a team player, are you? Because you've pretty much just ruined your team's chance in that game. And to say that to someone else, it's like, you, you, your own players will be like, ah, I don't want to sit with you. I don't want to sit next to you in a locker room. I'm not going to pass to you. You might be wide open, but I'm not going to pass to you. I'm going to make you suffer. It's, yeah, more needs to be done, obviously. And like you said, I don't think it's, in our lifetime, I don't think it will. But there is changes coming to play that we've seen over the last few years. And it's like, good on you. about time we're actually getting some change. It's 2022 now. There's a lot of things that need to change that are slowly changing, but it shouldn't have taken this long, really. No, you guys are absolutely right. It absolutely shouldn't. Uh, it, it baffles me that it isn't a penalty. I can only presume that the reason that it isn't a penalty is because the referees feign ignorance in that they've not seen it or they've not heard it. Um, if a referee sees or hears a racial gesture, racial slur, to my mind, if that referee isn't given an instant match penalty, if, I'm not. If, if a referee's walking up and saying, "I don't know what the penalty is for a racial gesture or a racial slur," to give them a match penalty, write it down on the game sheet as a racial penalty. No one's going to argue with that. I'm not being funny. There's no space in that for me. If the referee has heard or seen it, there isn't any space for that referee to say, "Well, I don't know what penalty to give," because it's a racial slur. Is that you know? Is it unsportsmanlike like conduct? What is it? I don't care. Write it down as racism. That's, it, it doesn't need to come down to semantics. But yeah, I absolutely agree that straight away they shouldn't. To me, there shouldn't even be a game penalty for it. It should be a straight match because if that's not being investigated and given further, you know, fans, then the only other option for that is a referee seriously screwed up and not heard something that they think they've heard. If it's happened, that player should be banned, and it should be banned on the same scale, 30 games or more. Um, but no, I, I agree. Sadly, I don't think in any of our lifetimes we're going to see it disappear. Um, I, I think, you know, I speak for all of us when I say that we'd, we'd like nothing more than to see it disappear. And Dave, like you say, for the arguments on the ice to be, oh, you're a crap hockey player, oh, you can't skate, oh, you're shooting rubbish, how did you miss that? Not picking individual things out that separate someone from someone else that you know we're not going to make that about race now it shouldn't be about anything and that that should be gone completely out of the sport uh, nothing really more I've got to say about that boys the only other thing we've said about applauding the ref if the referee gave the match penalty we've said about we applauded the league and things like that I'll, I'll give one more shout out to it a, you know big up and a, and a big applause to from me you know, and I'm sure you guys will agree to, to Jacksonville for instantly saying that to the guy and, and, and releasing him. Because I agree with you, Greff, his teammate should be sitting in the stalls with him saying, you're not a part of this team anymore. It kind of interrupt, it interrupts that, because, like, again, we all have the experience at very much building over that locker rooms are very tight-knit. Yeah. You know, you're going to battle for each other, you know, it's that kind of, you're, you're there, and they call it family. But, you know, sometimes you have to call out things that aren't within a family atmosphere, family attitude. Yeah. Which that, without a shadow of a doubt, goes against everything that that's the spirit of being a family and a sporting team is. So now I'm, I'm with you on that one, mate. Um, yeah. Good on them. 100%. 100%. Anything else on this one, boys? We're happy to bring it to a close. 
Say it again. Say it every time. Well, we can draw a line under this and never have to talk about an incident like this again. Um, we don't like talking about it, and I've said that already, but it's something that we've got to talk about. If we can do our little bit to raise that awareness of it, even if there's only two people that listen to this episode, then we're going to do it, as far as I'm concerned. Um, next thing I've got on the agenda, it, it may open the doors for a run. It's not necessarily a negative thing like we've been talking about, so we'll, we'll raise the um, we'll raise the tone a little bit again. It's the word that's been dominating not just British hockey, not just worldwide hockey, just worldwide news as a whole over the last two years. Obviously, it's COVID. Um, we've had some scares this year in terms of our league specifically that we didn't think it might. It would, well, there were times when we were maybe questioning whether it was going to go ahead with the number of teams that ended up in COVID protocol. Um, I don't know whether this is a league-wide thing. This is something I wanted to add to the agenda. I'll say that. Um, and it's something that we saw at the Steelers game starting on the game on Saturday against the Panthers, um, whereby all of the measures that were put in place to protect the team, protect the players, prevent another occurrence of uh, us going into COVID protocol, they all just disappeared. We had fans taking part in... Um, you know, man of the match presentations, 50-50, shit off your back. There were fans going back into the players' lounge. There were more fans waiting outside entrance B. The players' cars were parked outside the front of the arena where the players were coming out and interacting with fans. I saw one player, I'll not name, I saw one player went up to a fan, signed all of the stuff, gave the fan a hug, took a picture with them. I'm just standing there thinking, this is ridiculous off the back of what we're just having. So I just thought I'd bring, I just thought we'd talk about it on here because quite frankly I needed someone to rant about it too because it's wound me up because honestly if, if the Steelers go into COVID protocol or it spreads across the league again and we all of a sudden end up not having a full season we talked about it before it became too comfortable it became too normal because we just kind of slipped back to how it was it's like all of a sudden to me the Steelers have just gone right okay we've gone through COVID protocol it's fine we're back at the other end let's open things up again because otherwise people might not come yeah we kind of had this partial rant on sorry because we both kind of both looked at them and were like hang on a second I, I, I don't know if Andy saw it at the time so you may have yeah. joined me as well so it's like hang on a second when we announced that when are we going back to doing that and it was, there was a small piece in the program saying we're, we're returning to normal and I'm with you in the context of, you know, with teams, all 10 teams have done for, for the beer league attitude that our fans across the UK have said in terms of trying to do everything to keep the season going and everything. We've done so much, so much good stuff to, in terms of to negate the spread of everything. And then we see this and you'll see it with others and you just go, what was the bloody point? I know that we've lifted restrictions um, on face coverings in, in, in certain areas of society, and I know we're going more towards a plan A. And this is not me being scared of the coronavirus. This is just me looking at, you know, someone at least looking at the science and making decision on science-based um, efforts. Um, the figures aren't, are still in, of, of infections are still quite high. Well, I don't want to rest on the laurels. I, Christ, I don't want to pick up COVID again. I bet I speak for everybody. As in Joe, I'm pretty sure you won't want it again. And I don't think you, I think you two have been looking at this 
I know the yoga guys will want it. So why do we get, you know, why are we fall into these traps of, you know, that's it's just the, the good old days, we go down to the players' lounge and we can have a photo with the players, and if, if you know, and all the activities that happens after games with players and whatnot. I mean, do you know what? If we want to go back to normal, that type of spreading, especially at playoff weekends, fine. We don't want COVID spreading. So it just, it's just, it's daft. And you know what, some people, Someone may listen and go, well, you just, you know, it's just, you're scared of, no, it's just, we need common sense. And I know it's a swear word. It's probably the worst C-bomb in British hockey, which need to use common sense. If we have to go for a season where we don't have any more people to play participation, um, man of match awards, sponsors, things. So long as clubs can offer something to allow the, the, the payments to still carry on, Let's do it. And in fairness, if sponsors are that desperate to be on the ice, during which is still classed, there's a pandemic, maybe we need to ask a few more questions. Maybe some more, you know, maybe to be a bit more tougher. I don't know. I appreciate I don't have to look after the books and, and make them decisions, but I also just think, surely a pandemic, you know, I'm pretty certain, people, you know, if... The, the season was suspended we didn't have more games you know no more income because it's not just the ticket income because that's what a lot the um, Todd Kelman said it weren't just the ticket income of the games that they played behind closed doors it was the merchandise sales that they lost out on it was the 50-50 the shirt raffle that they lost on and other income that that place takes without fans That's what, that was the bigger loss that you can't kind of negate in terms of any support but if we were to have another break, uh, stop a season, and, and we lose 15 games, also you could all because you can have a photo with your favourite player. I mean, if they want to really want to get on the ice, I'm sure there's a, a a stick session or a rep session to go on at Ice Sheffield. Get some on the ice. If they want to do it with the Steelers, I mean, if they're at a good a good level, then maybe speak to Fox. He may have a look. Who knows? But any other case, I think I still would at the moment. I think today's today's result was I think it was well say result wise say it was like. They said it was something about 80,000 or something, still testing positive, and it's like, come on now. We're not out of this yet. Granted, restrictions are going, but still. 2019 normal is not going to be normal as we expected for 2022. Not for a long time. Definitely not for a long time. Just to add to your uh, thing there, Gref, today's, this is from the government website, um, today's um, positive tests... 96,871. But I'd I'd hope we're not doing these, like, not going back to that and doing 
people on the ice to sponsor to win a match and shit off the back and stuff. It's like, this is, at the moment, with everything that's going on, this is more secure, just keeping it as it is. That way, we're going to get a season finished. That way, we're going to have a team next season, teams that are on the lower budgets. Even for teams that are not on the lower budgets, it's still you can you can have a, a you can have a team next season that can compete to the same level that you expect it to be at. It's yeah, I, I think I'd probably have had the exact same run as yourself and Joe if I was at that game. It doesn't sit well not at all. Like we mentioned, we're not sure whether this is just uh, a one-team affair or if it's league-wide, but it just seems right now very unjustified why they would uh, bring that back so soon. Yeah, we are starting to see a bit more greener side with uh, things going down, but it's still not at a level where you know it's low enough to a point where the chances are... They're slim, you know, the chance is still pretty high. And considering that there will be some immunity in that in that squad, but not every player has had it. So if you bring back things like that and then one fan's uh tested negative but is actually positive through a PCR, they've not they're not done then you know, uh, that then risks them and then obviously risks other players that haven't had it before. Just seems very early and very unjustified to bring that all back so soon. We're almost there, but we're not going to be there unless we keep things in place as we are for now. It's still early days, and yeah, I don't think there's anyone else more fed up than me of it all now, but the only way we're going to get through it is if we just hold off the unnecessary things like you know meeting the players... Uh, you know, all that stuff. Just leave all that until the end of the season, because I think we all want to want to have playoff finals this weekend this year. I know I've missed it over the last couple of years. It's one of the best weekends for me, 100. percent And I want that to go ahead. And the way it is going to go ahead is if people just use a bit more sense, you know, which I know is difficult, but it it is what it is, and it's got to be done because. If teams do have to go in in this situation again, whether in protocol, then you can guarantee that if if a season does end as well, that next season you can say goodbye to two or three teams uh, forever. So is that really some that that you know people want, or do people just want to play things safe for now and then reevaluate how we do things next season? When judging by science and how things are going, things are going in the right direction at the moment. But that's only going to continue if we still limit the close contact with uh, the players. James, I've had my mini rant about the club, the club side of things. I'm not really going to go much more into that. It baffles me, you know, and I've stuck up, as, as, as I'm sure Dave and Andy have done the same, I've stuck up for the Steelers when it's come to business decisions. Our fan base like to criticise a lot for the fact that we like to prioritise a profit, which I've, like I've said before, is a business. And if you've got an issue with the, the club trying to make a profit, then you can't then complain when 
you know, we're not signing the quality of players that we've signed before. So I understand that side of things. And if this is being made on a, on a business side of things, then, you know, oh yeah, we do need profit. We absolutely do. But at the same time, is this really going to make big enough difference to justify potentially jeopardising the rest of the year? Last year round, we were lucky. We missed out on a few games, a handful. Season ends next week. We're missing out on half a season, pretty much. Like you say, Andy, that's a much bigger hit for the lower budget teams to deal with for a start. Much bigger hit for the higher budget teams to deal with. You know, we might miss out on more teams than we think if we had to fold the season now. And all of that, because fans are so insistent, or because the perception from the club is that the fans are so insistent on wanting contact with the players that it would affect profit margins too much to stop that contact for any longer. So my rant, in fairness, now goes to the fans that are involved in this. I just don't understand. You know, we all want hockey to carry on. But you're that adamant that you want a picture with your favourite player or you want to have a chat with him after the game or you want a hug from him or you want something signing. Can you honestly not wait? You know, I'm sure that if this carries on, the club will arrange something so fans who want things signing can be passed over to players to be signed in a safe manner. I at this point, I don't even care about the safety of the fans in that respect. This isn't about the safety of the fans. It's not about what if the players carrying COVID and one of the fans gets it. This is about what if one of the fans has it and gives it to one of the players. The players are regular, regularly lateral flow testing. Are all of our fans? Christ, half of our fan base weren't even wearing masks by the end of the actual restrictions. You know, I walked into the arena yesterday and there were there were so many fans walking around without masks on. And, it, you know, it's one thing that seeps, walking around the arena. You know, are they, are they regularly lateral flow testing? Do they know they've got it? Because of the increase in numbers that you, you just said, what was it, 96,000 or whatever it is? Roughly around that, yeah. With the increase of numbers, granted, the symptoms aren't as much. And I think there's some correlation in terms of the more infectious it becomes, the, the, like the less symptomatic each strain is or whatever. That doesn't mean to say that everyone's going to have no symptoms. That doesn't mean to say that everyone's going to get it and it's going to be like having a normal cold. But what it does mean is it's a lot harder to tell. It's no longer just, oh, you need to do a test if you've got a cough. You know, there could be a thousand people that walked into that arena the other day that have COVID and don't even know about it. 500 of them might have waited around at entrance B at the end of the game to get a signing or a picture or a cuddle from a player. Ask yourself, do you seriously need that contact with a player? That's all I'm saying. And if you're trying to say, oh no, but I've got a six-year-old son who really wants his, his shirt signed by the player, suggest maybe exercising a bit of control over your children to the point where you say no. Because it's not quite as simple as just going, well, my son won't be very happy if he can't get his shirt signed. I'm pretty sure your son will be less happy if you're not being able to watch hockey for the next six months because the league's had to finish. I just can't see an excuse for it. I just I just think, A, I don't understand why the club's done it. But more importantly, even if the club has done it, fans shouldn't be doing it. It was still happening when the restrictions were in place. There were still players. There were still people waiting for players. Honestly, just get a reality check. Do you really think that that contact with a player is so important? 
because I, for one, am going to be seriously, seriously irritated if this season doesn't carry on because of some stupid decisions to just straight away go back to normality. But, yeah, that's that's my opinion. Um, I don't really got anything else to add on this because I realised I brought the tone down a little bit, but... Um, just one yeah. thing, really. Uh, I've, I, I'm not going to mention the club, uh, but I have noticed that uh, a certain club's um, regional meetings uh, are starting again, uh, and rumours of our players are going to be in, tend- in attendance to those, which is fine. But it all depends solely on how the fans at this respond and act. Because if they get too close, if they you know, insist on having someone signed, like we mentioned, or a hug... And that just throws everything we said out there, doesn't it? Really, just, just, just if it is going to go ahead, just be careful and don't be stupid. That's all I can really say. Yeah, that's what I'm being for me, honestly. When we walked out of that game the other day, the Panthers game, and we were stood down by the bottom of the steps uh, um, on Red Concourse, I, say, I won't mention the player because it, yeah, I don't think that's, that's right. But a player was approached by some fans, oh, can you sign this for us? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Next minute, oh, come here, picture. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Next minute, I'm seeing him standing there right next to each other. He's got his arm around him. And I'm just like, what on earth is happening? Like, what what have we just gone through for the last two years for everything to just be brushed off like it's nothing at all? Yeah, it's just wild me Um, Anything else, gents? We're happy to put this one to bed. And, yeah. Sound. Uh, Andy, I'm going to throw it back over to you then, mate. So unless anybody's got any other business, are we on to stats and stats and predictions? Yes, I'm a bit of a lighter note. Uh, once I've got them up. Okay, so league standings currently as of uh, today, which is now Friday, the 28th of Jan. Uh, in the first place, we still have uh, Sheffield with 43 points. Hot on their heels is Cardiff with 41 points. In third is Belfast with 38 points. In the fourth is Nottingham with 27 points. Fifth is Glasgow with 23. Mm. Sixth is Glas- uh, Guildford with 23 as well. Seventh is Dundee with 21. Eighth is Coventry with 20. Also with 20. In ninth is Manchester. And in tenth is Flyers. So, as we've seen over the last uh, week, still very tight at the top. Yeah, there's a few games in hand, but as Dundee have uh, proved, it is going to be, you know, those lower end teams battling for that playoff place that are more likely going to take the points off you. So, uh, as, as we predict, really, it's still going to be very tight come the end of come the end of March. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, top point scorers, we have Marco Valeran still with 38. Uh, then we've got two from Belfast, JJ Picnic, or Pichnich, Abford Picnic, obviously, uh, with 35. Scott Conway has 34. Brody Reed uh, with 32. And also, uh, as well as Brody from Cardiff, we've got Trevor Cox with 31 points. Sam, I, I, still, I still object to the fact you call him Picnic, but you wouldn't go with back if you were. So I'm just saying. I'm not going verified, I'm just saying. <laughs> Brilliant. Now, cheers for that, Andy. Um, predictions, gents. We're going to predictions. Um, I've got them written down this week because they wrote them down last week and lost them, so we can't tell you how well we did last week. We can tell you how well we did last week. I'm 90% sure we did a pretty pathetic last week, I'm not going to lie. 
someone already knows his point production from last week because someone made a note of him and uh, made, you know, on every game, not just the ones that he remembers, every game, and he knows how many points he's got. But would that one be the one that's trying not to smirk right now on the screen? What I do stats for Earth uh, that graph. Okay, the people were seeing you won't see the video, and for the grace of God, you don't want to see the video, but that was... uh, I don't know, I might screen record that and put that. (laughs) I think you should, but there's no words for it. He's going to do dance in a minute, isn't he? (laughs) I'll leave that for you. Honestly, I swear, if I score a goal on Saturday, we're doing a conga line. Telling you now. That is that is that goal celebration. You'll fall. You'll hurt yourself. I don't care. <laughs> I feel like he was going to defend himself, and we've just ripped into him again. Now he's just stopped. It, he has no. He just don't care. Gref, enlighten us. What was your point production like? Seven points. Like good we, Yep. Definitely, I think we all got the Sheffield wrong wrong. We did. Against Dundee. We did. And I also got Nottingham wrong against Glasgow, and I got used right, but I got the score wrong. Against not? Uh, against Glasgow. Oh, against Glasgow, yeah, fair enough. I put, I put 4 2. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, that's an update from Greth's stats. Um, yeah. Predictions. Lessons. Anyway, never mind. Um, <laughs> Friday the 28th, gents. First, first day of games this week. We've got Coventry versus Guildford in Coventry. Coventry 3-1. I've gone with Guildford 3-2. Coventry 4-2. I'm going with Guildford 4-2. Cardiff 5 in Cardiff. Be kind. (laughs) (laughs) Cardiff 3-2 in overtime. Oh, that was kind. A little too kind. Sorry. <laughs> Which I'm not. I've, I've gone with Cardiff 5 1. I think you've just stolen Stafford's there. Yep. How dare you read my mind? <laughs> Go for it if you want stuff. Oh, it's a 5 1 as well, Cardiff. I'm going to say Cardiff 4 1. Uh, moving on to Saturday, Sheffield 5 in Sheffield. Sheffield 5-2. I've gone Sheffield 6-2. Sheffield 5-2. Sheffield 5-1. Uh, Glasgow, Guildford in Glasgow. Glasgow 2 1. 
back on Glasgow, 3-2 in overtime. Glasgow, 4-3 in overtime. <laughs> Glasgow, 4-2. I thought he was going to start his own chant then. No, I was trying to work out what to say. Uh, Dundee, Manchester in Dundee. <laughs> Dundee, 5-2. The train keeps going. I've gone Dundee, 4-3 four, four, in overtime. Dundee, 4-2. Dundee, 5-3. Cardiff, Nottingham, in Cardiff. Nottingham, 4-3 overtime. I can Cardiff, 4-3. In red. Yep. Cardiff, 5-4 in overtime. Cardiff 5-2 Belfast Coventry in Belfast Belfast 5-3 I've gone Belfast 5-3 as well (laughs) (laughs) Belfast 4-2 Belfast 5-2 uh, and then on to Sunday, we've got Nottingham Dundee in Nottingham. Nottingham 3 1. Dundee 5 3. Ooh. Ooh, cat. <laughs> Nottingham 5 3. Dundee, 4-3 in overtime. Uh, Belfast, Coventry, second leg in Belfast. Belfast, 7-3. Yes, Belfast is going to be up for the goals. Yep, Belfast. (laughs) I come 4-2 for Belfast. Belfast 6-3. Thought you were going to steal mine then. I've got Belfast 6-2. Uh, Manchester, Glasgow in Manchester. Manchester 2-1 in overtime. Yeah. I've gone 4-3 in overtime to the clan. Manchester 3-1. I agree with you. Uh, no, I've got Manchester 4-2. Um, last game, 5, Sheffield in 5. Sheffield 4-1. Sheffield 
Sheffield 4-3 regulation. Sheffield 5-3. Last game, Jets. So that's predictions over for this week. Um, I guess the only other question is, have we got any other business? Anybody want to bring anything else up? Or are we happy to leave it there? Apart from our socials? No, I think we've, uh, we've covered some good ground there tonight, mate. Ah, I agree, mate. I agree. Yeah, so socials, we've got at MFZ Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. My Fancy Zamboni Podcast on Facebook. Uh, obviously, as we always say, we've got the My Fancy Zamboni Podcast discussion group now on Facebook. If you're not a part of that, you should be able to see it through the, uh, the My Fancy Zamboni Podcast page on Facebook. If you can't, drop us a message either via the, the, the podcast itself or if you've got one of us on, on Facebook, drop us a message and we'll get you added in. Um, but yeah, there are the ways you can get in touch with us. Uh, other than that, gents, then, we're, we're happy with that. I guess it's uh, it's time for, for our goodbyes this week. So, Dave, uh, thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much, Joe. Thank you very much, Graf Andy. Thank you very much. To the listeners, hope you've uh, enjoyed the discussion and our thoughts on the GB squad. I actually enjoyed that. That was quite a good uh, back and forth amongst us all. I, there was a lot of input from everybody, so that um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, Again, looking forward to people telling us that we're wrong. Um, looking forward to their suggestions. But they're allowed their opinions. We're not going to prevent it. I'm not going to say it again. I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them on the scene. Thanks a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good job, guys. Good job. Yeah. Too right. Too right. Griff, thank you very much, sir. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you very much, Joe. Thanks to Dave, to Ander. I look forward to seeing all three of you. And, well, it's Friday now, so today. True. And thanks to people that are listening. Real MVPs. The real MVPs. Andy, thank you very much, sir. Thanks again, Joe. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Gref. Uh, thanks again, everyone listening. Uh, much appreciated. I, I don't know how you do it for this long, I really don't, but uh, bless you all. Bless you all? What? You might have just named the podcast with that, mate. What? <laughs> as far as I say. Yeah. <laughs> Next week, it's Forgive Me, Father, for I've Sinned. <laughs> but no, no, you guys are right. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, gents. It's been a pleasure, as always. Um, and yeah, hopefully back again this time next week. Hopefully I'll get this posted again like I did last time before the game start, although with Greg coming over tomorrow and us playing a game on Saturday, I think that's significantly unlikely. So we're just gonna text you and text you and text you to remind you. Yeah, and he was gonna text you and you text you and text you to remind you to text me. <laughs> and he's gonna do it. <laughs> and then Greg will text Andy okay. and I'll text Greg, yeah. But yeah. Circle of life is all complete. <laughs> if, I, if I text Gref now, Gref texts Andy, then it'll just carry on going in a circle until one of us remembers. That's fine. Um, but no, we're back on to talking crap, so we'll, we'll end it there. But no, thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, cheers, gents. Pleasure as always, as I say. Uh, and hopefully we'll be back next week again with another episode of My Fantasy Zamboni. Thanks a lot.